All right, how you doing, everyone? And welcome once again to Big Blue Kickoff Live here, presented to you by Coors Light on Giants.com. As always, today I am with former two-time Super Bowl champion and my friend David Deal. I am Russ Salzberg. We're being aided at the controls by Mackenzie Engram. And uh, I guess it's no secret what we're going to talk about today. Myself and Lance brought it to you yesterday. Eli Manning is out as the starter, and Daniel Jones is in. And the way I couched it yesterday, my friend, and I'm sure this was an awkward day for you. I used the term yesterday, it's awkward, awkward for two reasons. It's very easy for us to say that, um, you know, it's a sad day because of Eli. Yeah. But on the flip side, it's the launch of a new era that you want to be excited about for Daniel Jones. So that's what makes it awkward. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, it's it's tough for me to see this take place and, and to happen to, you know, the quarterback who I blocked for over a decade and won two Super Bowls with. But whether good, bad, and different, whether you agree with when it was done, you knew it was going to happen at some point. And, and you've looked towards Daniel Jones now, towards the future. And the thing you can say about this is this experience that he'll get over the next 14 games is absolutely invaluable to building your resume as a quarterback and your future as the quarterback of the New York Giants. So having said everything, you hope for nothing but the best for him. You know, with him coming in, he's going to be able to do a lot of different things, whether it's bootlegs, nakeds, to change the launch point. And if he's the type of player that if he sees man coverage and everybody's got their backs and they're turning and running, he could tuck the football away and get those extra yards with his legs that you want out of your quarterback, you know that this is going to be a difficult challenge, though. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers' defense are a much better defense than what people expect. Todd Bowles, we know him as a defensive coordinator. They blitz the most out of any team in the NFL. They're number one in the blitz packages. And you know they're going to do a lot of different things with rolled coverages, disguises, and a numbers game to try to confuse Daniel Jones. So you know that into this game, what they're going to do, they're going to prepare him the same way that Eli Manning prepared. You know that Eli is going to prepare like he's the starting quarterback and he's going to help and do whatever he can to help Daniel Jones make this transition in the right way. And and now we will see the future of the New York Giants organization at the quarterback position. You, you know, I'm, I'm glad you brought up the next 14 games and, and Eli, <clears throat> excuse me, Eli doing whatever he can to help Daniel Jones because Pat Shermer addressed that and, and it was very, and he did it in a very good way. Uh, somebody, I, I'm just paraphrasing now, folks. Somebody brought up to the point of, well, if you knew you were going to do this, something to the effect of after two games, you know, saving money and bringing Eli back. And right away, Pat Shermer cut it off and said, I don't, I don't get that narrative. We have a guy, you talk about saving money or whatever it is, we have a guy, Eli Manning, and for the next 14 games, Daniel Jones is going to benefit from having Eli Manning with him every step of the way, whether it's in the locker room, whether it's in practice, whether it's in the headsets during a game. Whether it's in there watching film together. Everything. Everybody sees something through a different lens, and that experience, like I said, is invaluable. So to have Eli to bounce things off of, to talk about coverages, well, what did you see on this play? That's only going to help him, Bode, to make him a better quarterback. The same thing I did when right when Justin Pugh was drafted, I knew that it was my last year playing. I didn't say anything, 
But that day he got drafted, I called him that day, congratulated him. And from that point forward, that last year I played with him, he sat right next to me. I taught him what it means to be a professional, how to break down film, how to start charting things, because that's what you do when you're a teammate and when you believe in this organization and you'll do anything for him. You brought up something before we open up the phone lines, which as always is, folks, 201-939-4513. That's 201-939-4513. You brought up something about Daniel's mobility. Yeah. Without it being spelled out, do you think that was a factor in the decision to, to, to I do think, it at I, this I definitely think that it was because of the fact that when you don't have Golden Tate back, he's still out for two more games. When you had the injury to Sterling Shepard and the concussion, and he was out, and you can't have those available assets, you're doing whatever you can to make a defense play 11-on-11 11 11 football. And we know that this is a game of inches. And with a quarterback like Daniel Jones, who you can make that backside defensive end and linebacker have to be responsible for contain because he can run, now you get an advantage numbers-wise and you can start attack a weakness of an opposing defense. So I definitely think that that was one of the factors that played into it. And, and certainly we didn't see any separation from the receivers last week. So I would think his mobility allows time for the plate to be extended, allowing the receivers yep. to, 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 to work that, back to yeah, the football, exactly. to, to do different things. And, and that's once again, you want to, when you change the launch point and when you can run bootlegs and nakeds off of it, not only are you helping the wide receivers, but you're helping the offensive line because you can be aggressive knowing that he's going to be rolling the opposite way. And all you're looking for is that split-second hesitation out of a defense to where they're thinking and they're not reacting. Because when you can get that, that's when you can have success in the NFL. All right, 201-939-4513 is the number. Let's go to Pennsylvania and open up the phone lines today with Joe. Hello, Joe. You're on with Russ and David. How you doing? fine today, Russ, but I, I seen this coming. I could just feel it there. I talked to you Monday, remember, and I said they should come to Eli and ask him, you know. Well, you didn't talk to me Monday because uh, I was only here on Tuesday, but that's okay. <laughs> okay, Tuesday I got you okay. there. I said that to you. Yeah, I could just feel it. No, it must have been Monday, Russ. What, trust or, me. Or, or, or whoever it was yeah. on Monday. Okay, maybe it was somebody else. It wasn't there, my twin brother, but go ahead, Joe. <laughs> okay, but anyway, these guys are two class acts. When I see them both talking, you know, it humbles me, and I feel like a, a, a funeral happening. You know what I mean? It's just... Uh, it's it's sad in a way, but it's it it's the reality of what's happening when uh, you're up in your career and uh, you're losing, and uh, they really have to find out what's going on with Daniel. And I says I didn't what I said the other day, whoever I said I I didn't think it was fair because Eli didn't have his receivers and stuff like that. You know, we're really down a lot of receivers who's he's thrown to the guys that are breaking the wrong way, and he, Eli has to put the ball where it's supposed to be. And, you know, it, it, it's just, uh, it, it, I just feel bad for him. But I said both of these guys are handling it like gentlemen class yep. acts, and uh, they humble me. So that's all I want to say about them. I love them both already. All, so all right, Joe. You. Thanks very much for, for the call. It's bittersweet. You, you, you know what was moving yesterday? And I, I mentioned it yesterday. When you saw, um, here was the announcement. Uh, I guess Joe, did Joe not hang up his phone? I guess Joe didn't hang up his phone. 
Either way, let's keep going. All right. Well, there. Third. We're having some problem with the boards. It's all right. Uh, don't worry about it, folks. We'll get it straightened yeah. out. But to go back to it, you know, it is. It's bittersweet. But you knew that both of these quarterbacks, Eli and Daniel Jones, were going to handle it the proper way. Speaking of handling it the proper way, as I was saying, he walked in. Um, Yesterday, this was after we find out about the announcement. I guess it was about 11.45. Kind of quiet in the dining room. Who's walking into the dining room together? Daniel and Eli. Just like they were this Just, entire offseason. Like nothing. Yep. They walked in, chatting, smiling. They went online, got their food. They went online, got their drinks. They went and sat down next to each other. Like it was nothing happened. Every, yeah. every, it seemed everybody else was walking on eggshells. Yeah, of but, course. But Eli and Daniel. And you knew that he was going to handle that with it that way. And it also helps that they have the familiarity of Coach David Cutcliffe, who was Eli's offensive coordinator at Ole Miss, who was Daniel Jones's head coach at Duke, who was also Peyton's offensive coordinator at Tennessee. So you know that there's that relationship that they had off of the field, even before Daniel Jones became a quarterback for the New York Giants. And just knowing the character of Eli Manning, you know, everybody talked about that mentoring ship and all that stuff. He does that anyways. That's part of being a quarterback coach and offensive coordinator is to groom this young player. But it's also the way that Eli carries himself, does things in the meeting room and does things preparation wise that he'll continue to do to help Daniel. I'm glad you brought up that whole mentoring because that was a line of crap, for lack of a better term. Well, Eli doesn't want to be a mentor. You put a guy next to somebody's locker for a reason. Yep. It's just there. If, if I'm sitting next to you and, you know, it's like friendship. And it not, is what it is. And not to mention, when you're preparing as the starting quarterback in the NFL, you've got enough things on your plate that you're sitting there doing. Yeah. But you're doing it anyways without having to say that you are the mentor doing it. 201-939-4513 is your number. Let's go out to Oakland, California, check in with Mike. Hello, Mike. You're on with Russ and David Deal. Awesome. Appreciate it, guys. Um, you know, I, I wanted to call in because um, I want to give you my thoughts on disagreeing with what the narrative has been about about Gettleman. And, and here's where I'm coming from. I, I actually think uh, they say he doesn't have a plan, but I think his plan is really clear. And they say he had bad intentions because he said, you know, one thing about EUI playing for a couple of years. But I think they actually had good intentions to give Eli a swan song. And here's where I'm coming from. People don't talk about cap space enough when they look at the maneuvers that Gettleman has done. And so his maneuvers weren't to clear cap space for 2019. We had almost nothing for the free market. But next year, you assume with Eli gone, the Giants going to have like $100 million in cap space. They're going to yes, be a top sir. five team um, with a new quarterback, the ability to go out. And, you know, two years of drafting good players that actually have a little time for experience. So, you know, I actually think that the plan was, you know, start the year with Eli um, with an offense that hopefully can carry a mediocre defense give Eli some good games, and hopefully, you know, as much of the season as possible being competitive. But that assumed that we'd have a, a, a you know, solid offense that was going to offset a learning defense. And, you know, at the beginning of the year, you know, my top five receivers were Golden Tate, Sterling Shepard, Corey Coleman, Cody Latimer, and Darius Slayton. So, you know, we're looking at 
uh, unknown timetable for four out of five of them, one loss for the year. Yep. But you don't know when a guy with a concussion is coming back. You don't know when a guy with a hamstring is coming back. We lost the first two games against top five uh, defenses, and I think they just looked at it and said, you know, it's time to move. It's time to start the next thing. But I, but I think he has a plan. It's all about cap space. And I think they had good intentions toward EUI, and I supported the plan. Well, I, I you get thank yeah. you for the call, Mike. Great you, call, Mike. I, I don't think uh, when people criticize Gettleman that doesn't have a plan, I think that's the most ridiculous thing. And, you know, David, I, I've, we, you and I have Everything's discussed it. Everything's calculated. You and I discussed it in the past. We mentioned it here again yesterday. This job, when he took over, when they were, you know, when Jerry Reese was let go, this was not a job for a first-time general no. manager. A lot needed to be done with a lot of difficult, tough decisions who a guy who was not going to cower in a corner when media or fans or people came after him. For and was going to continue him. to be himself it, and make decisions in it, the best interest it, of the organization. It, exactly. And some of those best decisions are tough decisions that make people unhappy, but you know, Dave and and Shermer are man enough to make those decisions. Listen, when they took the job, there was there, they had to know that this day was going to come. I mean, look at the turnover of the roster and the fact that there's not a player on the roster from the 08 till 2013 draft. That in itself shows you where this roster was bare and what they've continued to do and try to do to improve it. And with his call, Mike, it's there's going to be a lot of money that's going to be available next year through the salary cap. And through the draft picks to where you didn't think you were going to start 0-2 this season and have it as bad as you have it right now. But the thing that you can do is is continue to compete, fight for the future, and give your quarterback, who is the future, the opportunity to get this experience and become a better player for it. 201-939-4513 is the number. Big Blue Kickoff Live, folks. Just a reminder, brought to you by Coors Light. If you want to enter the Win the Ultimate VIP Game Day Experience, courtesy of none other than Coors Light, you got to text VIP to 90464. That's 90464 for more details. Again, 201-939-4513 is your number. Let's go up to Maine and check in with Jason. Hello, Jason. You're on with Russ and David. How are you guys today? Good. How are you doing today? Doing well. Uh, I had a couple questions for David. Okay. Um, I, ju- I know our offensive line is there's a lot of uh, new parts on it this year. Uh, you've seen two games so far. I know it's not a lot, but uh, could you just tell us how you feel the offensive line is working together uh, with uh, passing, running the ball, both both parts of the game? Well, one of the things that I've harped upon, and I've been doing it for over the last four years, that when you look at the overall landscape in the NFL – Offensive line play is not at its strength until the fourth week, not just because of new players, but the fact of the way that the CBA and training camp is, you don't get all the situational type of football that you need to be the best group you can be. I think that they're making strides. I think that they're playing better and communicating together much better. And one of the things like we discussed earlier, with the ability now to have Daniel Jones in there where you're running zone running plays off of the same scheme that look exactly like the bootlegs and nakeds, that's where it goes into your favor as an offensive line to where you can tee off because you can use the the legs of the quarterback to change the launch point. So I think that this offensive line uh, will continue to get better. And now with the change to Daniel Jones, they understand the magnitude of the situation that they're going to have to elevate their games as well, whether it's identifying the mic, the middle middle linebacker, the defense, or helping to change some of the protections. 
that's where it's good having a veteran offensive line like they have now. All right, Chase? Okay, yeah, I just have one other question, sure. too. Um, probably, it, it probably surprised a lot of players with the, with the switch this early in the season. I'm just wondering, David, how do you think the players will react to uh, this kind of change this early? Do you think they'll take it as a negative or, or a positive? No, I, I don't think they'll take it as negative as, at all. I mean, right now when you're sitting 0-2, that's the only negative thing you have to think about and go back to work and put on your hard hat and make sure that you change and fix the things that you put on film because if you don't, Opposing offensive coordinators and defensive coordinators are going to continue to attack those things until you correct them. So I don't think they look at it as a negative thing. I think it actually challenges them in a different way, knowing that in order for this team and their offense to be successful, everybody's got to amplify their play as well. You know, I was in a locker room, uh, and that's a good question, but I, I was in a locker room and talking to some of the players, and, you know, it wasn't just me talking to the players. A lot of people were, and... When that question was posed to the players, listen, they love Eli. You know, they really genuinely have a great affection for Eli. But as they said in The Godfather, this is the business we've yeah. chosen. This is the business. They understand, you know, you know, today you're here. You could be cut tomorrow. A lot of them live on that very tenuous yep. uh, uh, situation. So they know, listen, we love Eli. And Eli is going to do the best he can to help. And we also, we're going to support Daniel Jones, and we have to move forward. Let me ask you this, because you brought up about offensive linemen don't really start to gel, you know, chemistry-wise until the fourth game. We know that Daniel Jones had a terrific preseason. Yeah. Uh, he looked great in, in camp. He looked great when the game started. But let me ask you this. When he's going to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this week, this is a whole different animal. Faster, stronger. Yep. Everything else. Blitz and, packages, disguise yeah, coverages. I'm not knocking not vanilla the, but, things. But, but he wasn't playing. They weren't game planning for no. Daniel Jones during the preseason. No, it's it's a completely different animal that you're getting into when you strap on that helmet and you're walking on game day on Sundays. And it's no different. We know Todd Bowles from his time across at the other team. And you know that he runs an ex aggressive style defense. Like I was saying earlier, they're number one in the NFL with blitzing. They want to pressure, they want to attack, and they want to try to get your quarterback off of the spot and wreak havoc. Having said that, you know that preparation is going to be huge for this week because he's going to try to disguise things and do coverages to try to create confusion for the quarterback so either he throws an inaccurate ball, throws an interception, or gets sacked doing it. You know, the more you talk about the blitz packages of, of Tampa – the more you, you kind of think to yourself, that's why this decision was made this week. Yeah. I mean, but the thing that you have to look back from is is that last year when Eli Manning played this team, he was 17 of 18 and had a 135 quarterback rating. No, listen, like we say, uh, it's the nature of the beast. It is. It just comes with the territory. All right, let's stay in New Jersey and check in with Tim today. Hello, Tim. You're on with Russ and David. Hello. Hello, Tim. Hello. Hello. Hey, how you doing, guys? Good. How you doing, Tim? I'm 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 doing terrific. Go ahead. What do you got? Well, I just want to make it short and sweet. Um, I want to say I read the headlines, and let me tell you, terrific. I'm glad to see the news. I'm glad the Giants finally had the courage to step out and make the quarterback change. I love Eli Manning. He brought us two Super Bowls. 
But, you know, he has to go out. I understand this is what happens in the business of football. It's time for him to go. Um, I would love to have seen him ride off into the sunset just like his brother. But, you know, unfortunately, if this is how it has to end, this is how it has to end. Tim, as we said several times, and thank you for the call, 99 out of 100 times, it doesn't end no. with a storybook ending. We always say that when you're an athlete at any way, shape, or form at any level, especially when you become a, a professional, you have an expiration date on you. And either you take yourself off of the, the, the shelf or they're going to take you off of the shelf. And like you said, 99% of the time when that happens, it's not the way that you want it to happen. But that's the nature of the business and the beast. You, you know, you've heard it say about, especially people in professional sports, a, a professional athlete dies twice. And I yep. don't mean to be morbid. He dies when his career ends, and then he dies naturally. Yep. You know, And uh, let's, let's just hope Eli has a long, healthy, and happy life for himself, his wife, and his four children. Uh, let's go to our friend uh, up in Maine, Charlie, Charlie, Charlie. How you doing, Charlie? It's a very bitter, not sweet. It's very bitter day. Mm-hmm. And let me let me tell you why. How can Schumer come out and say Daniel Jones gives them the best chance to win? That is a ball faced lie. The best chance to win is fixing our defense, simplifying the scheme and maybe changing some players and Eli gives you the best chance well, well, to win. Well, well Charlie, if, if Ch- Charlie, say, Charlie, slow down. Charlie, Charlie, we'll let yeah, you talk. Like slow down a second. Okay. First, first of all, when Pat Sherman asked that, wait, wait, you, the defense is another story, okay? He was asked the question about the quarterback, the quarterback change. Now, whether you like it or I like it or or David likes it or not, he was asked the reason. Now, if you're asked why you're making the change, he's not going to say, "Well, he doesn't give us a better chance to win." <laughs> he has to say that. We know no, the defense is a different said, story. Of lying, Russ, he could have said he fits my scheme better. But to say that he, okay. I, I mean, we're so uh, uh, Charlie. Enough, Charlie. But, Charlie, now, but, now you're calling people but, liars, I mean, and that's ridiculous. But, I mean, but w- what's the difference, Charlie? Whether he says he fits the scheme, scheme better, or he thinks that he says he has a better opportunity to win with them, it's the same thing. Because that's two different things, right? No, no, it, it is. No, two different Charlie, things. no, it is not, David. Charlie. Charlie, uh, uh, if somebody fits things. his scheme better, you think you have a better chance to win, Charlie. Plain and simple, regardless of how you say it or how you do it, it's the same thing. And the one thing that we just talked about with the blitz package and the amount that is thrown at any quarterback from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense by being able to change the launch point and run bootlegs and nakeds and getting them on the run sets you up possibly for more success up against his football team. I, I mean, to me, it's self-explanatory. I, I, what Exactly what you just said, if he fits the scheme better... It's the it, same it, thing. Then he's thinking, yeah, this gives us a better chance as opposed to somebody who doesn't fit the scheme better. But listen, folks, again, you don't have to like the move. Trust me, there, there are a lot of people who feel that way. But when you start calling people liars, that I'm going to take exception to because that's that's the farthest thing from the truth. Because you don't you don't agree with somebody, doesn't make them a liar, doesn't make them a fraud. It doesn't make him misleading. He wouldn't say it if he didn't believe that. That's that's just unfair. It's not fair at all. Let's go to Robert down in Florida. Hello, Robert. How are we doing today? 
Oh, I'm good. I'm good, guys. Um, from Florida. Uh, live here. I'm down here in Florida, but uh, I'm a Jersey guy. Okay. Park, New Jersey. Um, I just want to say, you know what? <clears throat> I'm comfortable as a fan with the way everything went down. Because um, I don't think Eli is going out as an embarrassment, which a lot of guys do at the end of their career. It's, it's, and, it's a, and it's a shame to see the way some guys leave the game. But I, I still think he's leaving with a lot of skill. Like, he, he's sitting the bench still capable. And a lot of guys sit the bench or, or, or trade it, and they're not. So I don't, think he, I don't think it's bitter. I mean, of course, you never want to, you know, I never wanted to really see him go. I at least wanted him to get to game four to really see what, what could happen. But, um, no, I don't think it's, anyone should think it's uh, – I think it's a good way for him to go out in comparison to how he could have gone out and like a lot of other people go out. So I just want to say, you know, just pretty much that. I think it's a good transition, and uh, and I'm glad that they had a a guy like Daniel Jones to come behind him. Well, Someone you, that, you know, Robert. You know, that, they, that they really believed in because it could have been – any number of people will come behind, but actually I like the fact that it's Daniel Jones in particular that's coming behind him. Well, Robert, that's, that's an excellent point. You, you really well done. In fact, uh, I think it was Steve Serby in his column today, which was just, uh, just a wonderful, wonderful column. Uh, and he, he was talking, really, it was a thank you to Eli, but, but he brought up a, a point that might be the best compliment or one of the best compliments to Eli that they drafted somebody who was it's basically like a, clone. a clone of Eli. Yeah. You, you know, that's what makes this transition very easy. And, and maybe if it was somebody who wasn't Eli, the transition would be that yeah. much more difficult. And, and then as you heard Coach Shermer talk about, you know, Daniel Jones, which you and I both know, he's the epitome of what a New York Giant is supposed to yeah. be. The way that he handles himself, the way that he carries himself, the way that he prepares, the way that he does and has done to get him to this spot. All right, let's uh, stay local-wise. Let's stay in, up in New York, uh, go to line two, and check in with Eddie. Eddie, you're on with Russ and David. How you doing today? How you doing, guys? Thanks for taking my call. Uh, Dave, I'm a big, big, big Giants fan. Um, you know, guys, I want to um, I I say, you know, about Eli, he's, he's, a, he's a great quarterback. He's a great leader. You've played with him. You know best what Eli is, what he's made of, and he's an absolute gentleman. And how he takes the, the next step, everything he's done in the NFL for the New York Giants with absolute class. But there comes a point where, you know, gentleman comes in. He did draft Barkley. We're all forgetting, you know, they tried to make it a run. They, they tried to make a run with, with Barkley. It didn't work out. The defensive line, the O-line, there's so many holes. At some point, you need to address it. And I'll be honest, I was one of those guys that watching all the tapes and I, off season, you know, who are we going to draft? Who are we going to draft? And I honestly, honest to God, I wanted this kid as a New York Giant. And I was very happy when they drafted him. Well, then, then, I mean, then you yeah. got reason to be happy today. Thank you for the call, Eddie. Much appreciated. Let's go to, uh, let's go to Lou out in California. Eh? Hello, Lou. You're on with Russ and David. Yo, yo, hey, what's going on, man? Um, what's so going on? I wanted... Can you hear me good? Is, yeah. this, is this Lou in California? Yes, sir. All right, buddy, yes, go sir. ahead. Go ahead. 
All right. So, uh, actually, I wanted to uh, speak real quickly. Um, I actually disagree with the caller, a uh, couple callers uh, previous to that. I think um, I, I actually think the youngster does give us the best uh, chance to win with uh, the style of offense. You know, we, we really need to appreciate the fact that uh, Eli Manning is who he is. And I, 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 for one, have been a lifetime Giant fan, and he is, uh, without a doubt, the best quarterback um, uh, in Giants history in my mind. Uh, not only uh, on the field and his production, but uh, with the two Super Bowls, but I mean the man that he is. Yep. Um, I, I, I can find none of the greats uh, more poised and more character uh, than Eli. When I look over the history of the NFL, um, uh, the, he, he has exemplified uh, in my mind what a uh, quarterback, franchise quarterback, uh, is not only in his demeanor, but uh, how he played on the field. So I'm, I'm actually privileged, and I think all Giants fans should, you know, look around this league and look at the, you know, even Brady is the only one actually who I can say has had a more story and more character uh, uh, driven if they hadn't cheated so much. But <laughs> at, the same time, at the same time, I got to say, uh, 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 I'm, I, I live and die with Eli, and I hate to see – uh, uh, him go, but at the same time, let's remember, he came in the same way. He was a rookie. Yeah. The, uh, 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 the OG wasn't working it out. We had vested a, a, a number one uh, draft pick trade in the E-line. It was time to see what he does. And, you know, the, re- the, the reality is Daniel Jones does give us the best chance to win, in my opinion. Well, Lou- uh, Just because of his ability uh, to, to, to get outside the pocket and make things happen. And let's not forget, to this point, and I know it was only preseason, but he is accurate. And, and, and in this league right now today, basically, you just have to be accurate. you got to have arm strength, but you got to be accurate. Well, well just, Lou, Lou, just remember this, though, and thank you for the call, but I, call, I, as we were talking about it uh, just a, a few moments ago, everything you say is true, but as David pointed out, uh, what you do in a preseason, and I don't want to take, I don't, listen, he looked not good. He looked great in the preseason. He looked great in practices. Yeah. He looked great in the games, but they weren't game planning for him. They weren't it, all starting defenses. It, it, they weren't the blitzes, as, as David said, with the blitz packages coming up against Tampa Bay. It's a far different beast that he's going to be facing this week, and we hope he's just as yeah. successful. But, uh, you know, it's a far different game that he's going to be facing this coming Sunday in uh, in Tampa. Let's go to uh, Harry, also in New Jersey. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Okay, Harry. What's up, buddy? Uh, well, I just had a question, actually, for you, David, in particular. You having, you know, a 10-year career with the Giants. 11. You know, being drafted by them. Uh, 11. Sorry, yes. You being drafted by them, uh, you know, really deep, like, becoming really close with the organization. When they did draft you, did they ever approach you and come to you saying, hey, we're looking you to take him under your wing? Or was it more of like a, you know, they expected you to kind of do it? Did you feel the need to, like, no. have to almost get back to them with you being with them for so long and they, being like, you know what? They never you know, said anything to me. I, I, As I was sta- stating earlier, I called him when he was drafted by the New York Giants. Told him congratulations, and from the day that he got here, I took him under my wing because that's what number one you do as a teammate. 
and for somebody who knew that they were playing their entire career with the Giants and loves this organization, that's part of being a teammate and that's part of bleeding blue and being once a Giant, always a Giant, as well as Tamara said. So they didn't have to say any of those things to me. I took that upon myself, and it was no different when I was drafted in 2003. That entire time, from the time that I got here until the time that he finished his career, I ran with Rich Soybert. We sat next to each other in the meeting rooms, and he was a veteran leader that I was able to adapt to this locker room, especially after going through a hard time with losing my father right before the season. So that's something that you do, and that's part of the Giants' way, and that's part of a championship culture. You, you know, I don't want to generalize, and thank you for the call, Harry. Thank you, Harry. I, I, I don't want to generalize, but because I see a lot of groups. You know, the DBs are close, the receivers, you know, a lot of groups. But in general, there there's is nothing no, like the O-line. No. No, because there, there it's, is it's like the five pieces that have to work yeah. together as one. You know, if one guy doesn't do the right thing the and the thing other four, apart. the whole thing falls apart. So that's part of that brotherhood that you build together, and that's something that's what makes offensive line rooms great. Yeah, you, you know, they, they say, and I do believe it, you know, that football is the greatest team sport. Without a doubt. Everything has to be cohesive. And then a little microcosm of that is the offensive yeah, line. Without, no question. Without question. All right, let's uh, stay in, uh, in Jersey and in Cranford and check in with Keith. Hello, Keith. How are we doing today? Hi. Um, I've been a big Giants fan since I helped build the first Giants stadium. I helped build the second one, too. Wow. Okay. And uh, I tell you what, Eli is the class act. Yep. And he's my favorite uh, modern quarterback since I've been a fan, you know, and I'm, I'm going to miss him. I'm going to miss him. He's a, he's just my type of guy. And, but at the same time, I also in looking at the preseason games and, and just watching Jones, he's been accurate. He has the mobility. You need that nowadays and you got to develop that, you know? So I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to see the change. But I could. I didn't want to see it coming. But we all but knew I, it was. I yeah, accept you ex- it, you accepted but I don't and like it. it. Yeah, no, exactly. I'm with you. You knew that this was going to come to a head, and you knew that this was going to happen at, at some point, whether it happened at the right time, the wrong time, the right way, the wrong way. It was going to take place. And now with what is taking place here with the New York Giants, after an 0-2 start, you know that this season – will be a building block for him in his career and the future of the organization. You, you know, Keith, I don't know of any athlete who doesn't realize someday Absolutely. someday it's going to happen, I'm going to be replaced. Because everybody gets replaced. Yeah. Right. There's never a right time. To tell you there, yeah, no, there really isn't. <laughs> there really isn't. So, no, much appreciated no, I, I, the call. You, oh, what, Keith, Keith. Oh, sorry, Keith, but I might have cut you off. Apologize, but you know that. I didn't know you had to follow up. That that's that situation is, it's exactly that. Yeah. I, I mean, there's never the right time. As we said at the beginning, ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the time, it just doesn't end perfectly. The, the storybook endings are all nice, but it's not realistic to think it's going to happen. No. Just just really doesn't work out that way. Let's go down to Alabama. And check in with Mark. Hello, Mark. You're on with Russ and David. Hello. Uh, this is a longtime listener, first-time caller, and uh, wanted to comment on how disappointing uh, I had all these expectations of Betcher's defense coming into. And 
I've been really disappointed and and the way the way it's been going. I mean, it's it's been downhill ever since he's been been coaching. Well, Mark, uh, l- listen to to uh, criticize the defense is fair. You know, the, they haven't gotten the job done. Now there was a big transition last year. Yeah. You, you know, uh, but. They got guys this year, but the guys this year are, and I'm not making excuses, they're extremely young. Yeah. They're, they're you knew extre- that there were going to be growing pains, especially with some of them being injured during the preseason. And one of the things that you know about this system that they're going to have to do moving forward is, is simplify more things. Alignment, assignment, and play sound football so that there's not the breakdowns. You, you know, we didn't think, I'd be lying if I said to you, what I saw the first two games, I didn't expect that. You know, so many guys were wide open, you know, by 20 yards. But I just want to remind you something. And David was living living it. Um, what was it? Was it Tom's? I think it was Tom's first Super Bowl. Uh, when we started 0-2? Not only did you start 0-2, defense but the defense gave up, gave 80, up points. 80 points. Yeah. And they gave up 80 points in the first two games. Yeah. And, Over and, 700 yards of offense. And they were trailing, I believe it was in Washington to the Redskins, 17-3 at the half. We ended up coming back and they had the goal line stand. That yeah. completely changed everything in the fourth corner and the dynamic of our football season. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm it was not a different su- roster. I'm not, yeah. I'm not suggesting this giant squad is winning the Super Bowl. Okay? But, believe me, after two games, they wanted Spags' neck. They wanted to tar and feather yep. him and run him out of town. But adjustments and corrections will be made. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're not sitting on, no. on their hands here doing nothing about it. Trust me. And no, I guarantee you, everybody's feeling the heat. Oh, yeah. Uh, is, it, is it Ian down or Ian or Ethan down in Florida? Ian. Ian. Yeah. Hi, hello, Ian. How you doing today? Good. How you guys doing? Hey, I just wanted to say thank you to Eli. Um, it's been an incredible run. A sad day, but you know, at the same time, happy a little bit. And what a class act! I mean, to deal with the the media, uh, the national media, local media, the way he does is just. And I think we got a successor that's going to deal uh, do it with as much class as he did. Um, Dave, I wanted to ask you, um, what what by no means was this Eli's fault? Our zero and two start, but. Does this send a message in particular to the defensive players that they need to raise their their, their play as well? I think uh, giving up 63 points in the first two games and this definitely send a message to the defense and to the defensive staff that corrections need to be made uh, on that side of the ball, not only to play better football, but to support this change moving forward. Or like I said, when you don't make these corrections, it's like blood in the water for a shark because opposing offenses are going to continue to attack those same exact issues until you correct them. And, you know, you were in the locker room. I was here on Monday. You could feel that they took onus and that they took accountability for everything that took place. And it's now just about going and doing it on Sunday when they play the Buccaneers. You know, you know I, I asked uh... – T.J. Jones today was talking to him, and, and you know, l- listen, he he supplied the team with yeah, a ser- serious... when he was at home four days earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the big sixty-yard punt return and the receptions and the touchdown. And, yeah, and I asked him. I said, "Do you think you can be the? This team needs a spark after two losses. Do you think you can be the guy?" And and here's a guy. You can tell he's a bright kid. Yeah. Notre Dame, and, and he said, "Look, everybody needs to be a yep. spark." 
all 11 guys on offense, all 11 guys on defense. That's what this sport is about. Yeah. Sure, you want to be the guy to make the play, but that's what it's about. And it's just like in baseball, as you say, just get one hit and it'll just start the cycle. It'll start clicking for everybody else. And that's the thing that you need your best players to step up and make plays and everybody to do their best around them as well. Let's go to Neil in New York. Hello, Neil. You're on with Russ and David. Hello, gentlemen. How you Hi, doing, Neil. Neil? You got me okay? We yep. got you. Loud and clear. Yeah, uh, I just think we have to stop mourning uh, Eli already. I mean, I'm a Giant fan since 1960. Yesterday was a day for mourning. I'm excited. I'm excited for Daniel Jones. Has anybody called up and said they're excited for this? Yeah. yeah. I am yeah. excited. Yeah. yeah. You're not alone. A couple of receivers can get on the field. Yeah, that's that's exactly what we were talking about is is getting some of those receivers onto the field and getting them back out there healthy. You know, figure, you know, we'll see what happens with Shepard. Obviously, Latimer with his hamstring in two games, Golden Tate will be back ready for the season, and you will have some time and some things to build around when those guys come back to play for Daniel Jones. And, you know, like I said, as, as much as how tough and difficult it was for me to handle I'm excited about the opportunity that Daniel Jones is getting because he earned and deserved it, even with all the naysayers complaining about him being drafted number six overall. Wow, well, we're all those people yelling at now. They're not too. Uh, they're not too mad about picking him, are they? Now, speaking of uh, Latimer, C- Cody Latimer, we, we told uh, prior to practice, uh, prior to, uh, I think it was prior to the coaches uh, Pat Shermer's press conference they Latimer is in concussion protocol. Okay. And Sterling Shepard is still in concussion protocol, but he, he played today just non-contact yeah, with the yellow yep. jersey. He ran the routes and, and, and everything, and, no helmet and Kevin and all Zeitler that. still has um, a, uh, shoulder? a shoulder issue, but as, as, as Zeitler says, it's not an issue. No, it isn't. You know, that's, that's part of being an O-line. That's, that's exactly right. Let's go to Merrill in New Jersey. Merrill, you're on with Russ and David. How are you doing today? Great. Russ, David, thank you for all of your contributions over the years. I've been a Giant fan since the 1950s. I saw Chuck and Charlie and everybody else after him. And, you know, Eli did a lot of good things. But when everybody keeps saying he won two Super Bowls, hey, without that offensive line, he doesn't win two Super Bowls. And without without Eli Manning, we don't win any of those Super Bowls because I've said said this on the year before, and I'll say it again. In all the time that I played here, we used to have competitions with our offensive line going up to the line of scrimmage to seeing if we could get the adjustment out, the alert, the audible, pick up a blitz. We beat him once. One time we beat him just based upon his preparation, his ability to look and scan through defenses and know exactly where to go with it. So as as much as I love the credit that you just gave me, there's no way that I'd have two Super Bowl rings if Eli Manning wasn't our quarterback. Well, I mean, I mean but that's that's a given yeah. in any Super Bowl team. If the quarterback is not protected, he can't get the job no, done. Yeah. It, it, it's what David was talking about before. It's the most team sport of all the sports if one part fails you're not going to get the job done in particular with the offensive line listen we've been talking about the offensive line the last couple of years and i know that we've talked about this i've, I've expressed these with you because i have people who are asking me eli manning postseason wins eight 
the same as Steve Young. His 106 completions in the 11 postseason are the most in NFL history. Five game-winning drives in his postseason career. Same amount as Joe Montana and Terry Bradshaw. Four fourth-quarter comebacks in the playoffs. Same amount as John Elway. 210 consecutive starts. That is not going to be touched in a long time. And, you know, remember, Eli, what... David just said validates everything that Ernie Acorsi saw in him. Always said. That's why Ernie brought him to the Giants. And and he made the decision based upon, I can hear Ernie saying it to me now. Russ, you look at a guy and you look and you say to yourself, can this guy take us down the field in crunch time to win? And he did it. You saw him do it at Alabama against LSU. And that that sold him on the road at those places as well. You know, so, yeah, it's not an easy gig. Not not at all. By the way, again, just want to remind you, folks, I've got about 10 minutes left in the show, but want to remind you that Big Blue Kickoff Live here is brought to you by Coors Light. And if you want to enter to uh, to win the ultimate VIP game day experience, courtesy of none other than Coors Light, you have to text VIP to 90464 for more details. Are we eligible? I don't think we're eligible. <laughs> I don't think we're eligible. Uh, let's go to Maryland and check in with Ed. Is that Ed? Hey, guys. You, huh? you got a great show today. Thank you thank very you, much, Ed. Ed? Up, How can Ed? we help you, buddy? Okay. Well, first of all, I want to say thanks for, uh, for what you do to keep this going for all the fans. I think it's a great uh, way for us to... Uh, get the news as well as be able to voice our opinion. Dave, I want to thank you personally for all you did for the Giants. I was a big fan of yours when you were playing. Thank you. And I know you're still there. I know you're still there helping the team, and that's awesome. I appreciate uh, it's it. Been, yep, it's been said many times today. I'll say it one more time. Eli Manning, class act. Um, and I'm just so uh, – I'm, I'm sad and happy, but uh, the thing to do is we've got to put it all behind us, move on, and win. You know, Ed, you just said the two words that describe what's going on this week. I And I called it, and it, it, sad and happy adds up to feeling awkward. You're, yeah. you're 100% right. You're, you're sad because of the Eli situation, but you're, but you're happy and kid. excited for a kid getting a chance to launch his NFL career. So, yeah, it, it is happy and sad, and it makes it very, very awkward. But again... This is the business. This is professional sports. And in one way, that's or correct. Another, so two this, things: this I want going to happen. I now. want us to win, of course. And second, I want uh, uh, him to do great playing uh, at quarterback this this Sunday, and just show all the folks that said, "Why did we draft him?" Uh, show them that they were wrong. Well, that, that I'll sign up for that right now. How about you? <laughs> you sign up for that, Without Mackenzie. A doubt. You'll sign up for that. Good. Mackenzie says she'll sign up for it. So if she signs up for it, we have to sign up for it. Thank you, Ed. Thank you for the call, Thanks Ed. very much for the call. 201-939-4513 is the number. Let's go down to South Carolina and check in with Stephen. Hello, Stephen. How are you doing today? Doing well, guys. How are you? Good. 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 A couple of questions, and I'll leave it to you. Um, well, first one is, how many touchdowns and missed tackles are we going to let Baker have before we make a replacement there? Number two is, uh, how do you feel Jabril Peppers is filling in for what Landon Collins used to do? And the third one is uh, how important do you think that the T.J. Jones and uh, Daniel Jones relationship is going to be for us moving forward? Thank you, Kevin. Well, um, I'll, well, go ahead. I'll, well, I'll, 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 I'll answer to T.J. Jones. 
Well, obviously, like we said, we knew that this was going to be a learning experience, not only for Baker, but the entire young secondary. And this is going to be a test of his manhood. We know that he plays with a lot of confidence, but at the same time, he's got to trust his technique more and let his play on the field show why he was worthy of that number one pick. But it's not just him. It's the entire defense that have to pick up their game. Same thing with uh, Peppers. Peppers obviously has had ups and downs like the entire defense. But in regards to who they are as players, you know, we both can sit here and say that Landon Collins was a much better player when he was attacking downhill towards the box than he was in coverage. But when you have a young group like this that that is inexperienced, it exposes a lot of things of all players, but it's up to them to come together as a group, which I know that they're spending time. They spent time in the meeting room yesterday going through all the film and already started looking at all the different things that Tampa Bay is bringing about because we know that Bruce Arians' number one goal and objective of taking over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers was to prove that Jameis Winston is a starting quarterback in the NFL. Week one through three interceptions, what they do to turn around in week two on Thursday Night Football. 31 runs to 25 passes because they wanted everything from him to be predicated off of a run game so that he was comfortable and didn't have that pressure so he can do play action off of it. But with that said, you know at home, up against the defense that has given up some big plays, he's going to try to take some shots downfield to big Mike Evans and the rest of the group. Uh, Cola brought up uh, DeAndre Baker. Uh, And what's the new hip way of saying it? DeAndre got woke. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I mean, yeah, it, it's a wake-up. You know, I remember Pat Shermer saying, you're really going to like this kid because he's got an edge to him and, and he's confident. And and he cares. I, I, he, he very much he does. He cares and loves this game. I, I haven't spoken to him about it. I would venture to say he's a little shaken up by yeah. what's happened the first couple of, of games. That's part of making the transition from the NFL, from, from college to the pro game because it's they're bigger, faster, and stronger. And the precision of the route running every, is every, completely everything different. Everything is different. But you're not going to – he's a first-round pick for a reason. You're not going to say, screw this, after two games. No. Now, he's going to have to improve. There's no question about it. But um, It's a trial by fire, yeah, and you th- learn from it. The question about the secondary, everybody's question about the secondary. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, that goes – that goes without uh, saying. Let's go to uh, Richie. Hello, Richie. Where are you calling from, buddy? How you doing? Calling from Staten Island. Oh, okay. okay. Staten Island. What's up? Not been a fan since 1960. You know, so I've been through it all the 60s and 70s. Uh, my big thing are Eli things. All the accolades go to Eli. It's time for a change, maybe. I don't think it was too soon. For the simple fact that what I think is that summer, that's the guy I put on the hot seat, Okay. He, I think he's just buying himself some time. You put a new guy in there, you could absorb some losses. You expect losses, okay? Uh, you, 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 use, you, you know what, Rich? Richie, I'm I'm gonna disagree with that narrative, and I'm gonna tell you why. I, I the pe- pe- people are saying people are saying that oh, get him because I've read it in certain places, and you probably read it tomorrow. Well, Gettleman and um, and Shermer are just covering their rear ends. Now, let me explain something to you, Rich. And uh, you're talking about two men, and we've discussed this, two men who took the job knowing they were going to take a team in complete transition that was going to have to be taken apart. They knew they were going to have to make 
this quarterback change. So they they were given this mess. When I say given this mess, yes, I'm, so I so to say that, that I, I I don't think the move was made to cover their ass, for lack of a better term. It's something that they had to do. Not to mention, okay. this is a business that is structured all about winning and losing football games. Okay, Dave, let me ask you a question. Okay, I just want to. I live this, Richard, just so you know. Huh? I live this. I, I know what it's like. No, I, complete... I understand. But you have you draft the guy. You draft the guy. You, you don't go for the pass rusher. Okay, you draft you Daniel Jones. You got a guy like Saquon Barkley. You don't go for the quarterback the year prior. How many touches has he had over the first two games? I agree with you that they should utilize him more. Conversely, he outsmarts himself. He, he, you know, to me, he's a pass first guy. What is Saquon doing being wasted? That's my concern as a Giants fan. Okay, they could be feeding him the ball. You, you, you say you're, you're behind all the time. You just say you got no option. He's your best option. You're not saying I disagree with. Yeah, Rich. I mean, that wasn't even the the argument. Yeah, that wasn't the discussion. I think that they they should utilize Saquon Barkley more. If I was an offensive lineman, I'd be like, run this guy 30 times a game because he gives you more opportunities to win. But still having said that, in this past game, the way that the defense for the Bills were playing – there weren't a lot of big holes and opportunities for them. But once again, when you fall behind the way that you do, well, that, you don't have that systematic approach that you can run the ball every single time. You, you know, and again, I, believe me, I would like Saquon to get the ball as much as possible. But last week, was it with, maybe it was with, it might have been with you and me. Okay. Or no, maybe I was with, maybe it was with, um, with Paul. A, a caller brought up, Two different size people. Yeah. <laughs> S- significant <laughs> difference. Uh, a caller brought up, you know, everybody's complaining, uh, g- give the ball, give the ball to Saquon. Well, before they took their 7 nothing lead. Oh, the first and the goal. Was, it was first and goal. Saquon got the ball and didn't score. It was you and I. Well, that, it, it was. It right, was right, us, we yeah. both looked at each other and yeah. said, that was a great point. That was a great point because it, and you go back to it, granted, it's easy to validate it and say, well, you didn't get it because it with your best running back. It wouldn't have mattered who was in there. There was no hole to go. Yeah. Uh, l- listen, uh, we all agree, Saquon, you know, uh, but again, y- you mentioned up, the caller mentioned up, uh, Richie. Well, we didn't draft um, two years Josh ago. Allen. We, 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 no, but we, we didn't draft uh, oh, the, Sam, uh, Donald. Uh, uh, Sam Donald. Okay. And then... Uh, but nobody was complaining about getting Saquon Barkley. After he was the rookie of the year yes. and had the third most yardage in NFL history by a rookie. But, but you know, you, you, can't, you can't just be emotional. That, that's why fans can't be general managers. And quite frankly, members of the media the same way they can't yeah. be general managers. You have to look at a decision and say, hmm, okay, this is not working out right now. Got to stick with it. You got to have some inside some toughness and this goes and you back to deal having with a plan to get saquon last year and now daniel jones this year now having a young nucleus around that there's a plan to it you know let, let's see what happens you know let, let's look at a crystal ball even i'll say this year but let's look at it next year when people are going to look back and say jesus back-to-back drafts they got Saquon and uh, and Daniel Jones that can play together for a long for, period for, of time. Exactly. Yep. You know, it's, I mean, seriously. And then you have a left guard and Will Hernandez that's young. You have a Jalapeno who's only in his third year. You have younger players like Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram on the outside. What do you know? You have a nucleus of an offensive team. 
you know, it, it, it's uh, it, when we start talking about the Saquon thing. I mean, you can get into the situation that, it, and it happens all the time. I don't game plan. I leave that to the coaches to game plan. Sometimes they work out. Sometimes they don't work out. I mean, and that, that's what fans and media do. You nickel and dime. But it's a lot easier to nickel and dime from where we're sitting than where the coaches and the players are sitting. Anyway, folks, that is a wrap on today. I want to thank, in particular, Mackenzie Ingram across the way for, thank hand you, McKenzie. for handling the controls. Mackenzie, thank you so much. My buddy, David Deal. I'm Russ Salzberg. And, of course, got to thank you, the fans out there, because without you, we'd have nobody to be talking to here on Big Blue Kickoff Live on Giants.com. So until next week, it is I, Ross Salzberg, saying to all of you, bye-bye, so long, and farewell. But tune in tomorrow again for Big Blue Kickoff Live, presented by Coors Light.